I'm viewing this time as I'm a vocel, voluntary celibate. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Gentlemen, and a couple of ladies and mostly gentlemen, it's James Marshall reporting on Tuesday the 24th of March from Portugal out in the Coimbra district. I won't tell you where because I don't want anyone to know. And I'm here in my Quinta for the first of a series of podcasts and productions that will come from the lockdown crew. And I'm here with my good friend and cellmate, Shane Matthews. Yo, yo, yo. Hanging out in a shack with my old man, James Marshall. That's right, we're shack buddies. So there's six of us on the Quinta. Myself, Shay, Liam, Alex, and a couple of their girls. Not, not my girl. I don't. Shay has a girl. I don't have a girl. I'm, I'm girlless, and that's fine. That's fine. Currently, we'll talk about that more later. But today, we wanted to check in with you guys, and we want to get this out as soon as possible. Tomorrow, hopefully. So it's more or less up to date. Everything's happening exponentially. So whatever we say today, exponential it till tomorrow. But things should still be relevant. We hope. So we want to touch base with you guys, let you know what we've been doing, find out what you've been doing and um, readjust this new reality, which is now we're locked in some kind of like project house for the, for the next four to six to eight weeks is my guess. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? So firstly, I want to, I want to hand it over to you, Shay, and can you tell us all about your journey over the last 10 days? So 10 days ago, where were you? 10 days ago, I was in Thailand in the island of Koh Phangan. And I was there with a small group, just running a retreat and doing some cool things. And then things started to change. Yes, they did, they did. And, and you had a whistleblower, which was Dominic, who's uh, the other coach that works with Shay and I on the Sex God Masterclass, which is an amazing sexuality class where, <laughs> with, where you get hands-on practice with your hands on another person's body. You get to touch them, you get to kiss them. No, you don't get to kiss them. You get to touch, you get to spank, flog, you know, get really tactile. And we run this workshop and it's coming not never again at the moment, uh, but Myself and Dominic and Shay did run that. And so you were over with Dom in, in Thailand. And what was the first signs that you started getting that things were changing and, and they came from him, right? What was the first signs? Well, we, obviously we already knew the virus was around because it, it started in, in January. And it wasn't really an issue until, you know, we started to see some potential kind of uh, outbreaks happening in other countries and things. So that's when it became something a bit more relevant. Yeah. Yeah, we had Dom on the other end. He was he and I were early on like having kind of paranoid rants and he was like, fucking people have got to get the fuck out. No one's listening to me. No one understands me. And uh, I think in general he was pretty right. So, so what happened when basically things started shutting down with all the borders closing for you? Well, honestly, I think I got through it pretty smoothly. Like I think... Uh you know, I, I could see that something was happening and then so I was considering all my different options, including like staying in Thailand. At that stage, we had a plan to be in Australia and go and do some workshops there. Uh, but I could sense by the time that was going to happen that everything would be pretty locked down anyway. So it was more of a, a plan B. And then, uh, you know, as, as plan A dissolved and plan B started to arise, then it became clearer that the best place to be would probably not be in Australia or probably not Thailand. I still think Thailand's like a viable option presently, but then it's probably going to become some kind of human hunting ground in a, in a few weeks, but it's we'll, we'll see what kind of hunger games. That's the interesting thing. At this point, you know, if you're gambling with your location, it's like Thailand right would either be the best place or one of the worst places. You know, if, if everything kind of cruises over and everyone who's just in their villas, like, you know, watching it all and going, cool, chill, man. And then they may get out of that fine or they may run out of water, the ferries may stop and the tides might suddenly start looking at all the hippie tourists and go, you know what, this is our island. I don't know, I'm not, I mean, the Thai islanders I'm sure are lovely. They are lovely people, I've been there, they're lovely, but you know, if you had an island, a whole bunch of hippies came over there, just listening to trance all day, you know, flopping around, talking about polyamory, and then suddenly all the food starts running out, what would you do? Let's be honest. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> then what happened? Then what happened? It's all a bit of a blur, honestly. I mean, what, what ended up happening was I, I, uh, well, I had some chats with you and you said it was a good option to come here. So that was pretty high on the list because I thought obviously being isolated in a sort of rural area 
in a uh, you know complicated situation like a, a pandemic is a smart idea. Getting out of like ex- developed areas is probably the number one thing to do. Um, so yeah, then it became like a, a matter of getting everything organized to get over here as soon as possible. And like I said, it was relatively smooth considering. I mean, it was just before all the kind of lockdown started to really kick in. So we, can't, we, we were literally like, I think we we're like 24 to 48 hours ahead of it. Yeah. It was Indiana Jones sliding under the thing and then reaching back to get his hat, which was for me was I had to reach back and get my hat. So I was in Kiev. I'd been out here for a long time, for months, and quite happily, I'd been basically living as the rest of the world has to live for a while, but I chose to. And then I went to Kiev and and was reminded that the world existed and had a great time with Alex, and um, we were planning on staying longer, and then suddenly it all became very clear, because we were watching things pretty carefully, and we weren't listening to paranoid conspiracy news, and we weren't listening to just the kind of mainstream, oh, I think it's fine, we were researching and listening to doctors and, and... figuring out, okay, it looks like these things are going to start changing. And then we get word that Ukraine's shutting the borders. And so we packed up everything, which was an office, a house, relationships, all sorts of things got packed away. And we did a whole bunch of cool prepping that you can only do in Ukraine, which was that we got a bunch of these N95s over here for anyone who's... Well, we'll cut to a shot of that. It's all right, Alex. We'll cut to a shot. <laughs> well, later on, we'll do, a, we'll do a whole, like, you know, nice close-up and whatever of the... So we got a bunch of these, not for resale. We're not trying to profiteer. We just got a bunch for us and they've been useful. And a bunch of other meds that you can just get in the pharmacy. And then I've jetted over to Budapest, broke the news to my staff, which was which sucked. I'll talk about that in a minute. And organized what was gonna to happen to Vince, grabbed my gold and got on the last day's worth of flights to Lisbon, met all you boys and girls, and then Pedro picked us up, took us out to the farm, and we locked the gate, and that's where we are. So, fascinating week. So just for anyone that missed my last video, to recap very quickly, what this means for us, TNL, is that all workshops are currently cancelled, postponed, let's say, until the world goes back to some kind of normal, where you can touch and squeeze and spank and all those nice things, until such a time we're not running any workshops. When the world does open up again, and we're gonna talk about our speculations later on in the podcast. When it does open up, then pretty much straight away, as long as it's safe, we will be running workshops first here, the natural warrior training, and then back out in the streets. Now, we're not gonna be cowboys about it. We're not gonna do it when you know the infection rates are still high. We'll, we'll do it when the, 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 the doc, whoever the big doc is or the many docs say that it's okay. So what that means for guys that wanna do training with us is that we have put some dates on the website. They'll be here right now. We are taking bookings for them. All deposits are completely refundable. If we can't do it because the world's over, we'll give you your cash back. Uh, And if we can do them, then we'll do them. Until such a time we're locked in this house and we're gonna be gardening mostly, I'm gonna be opening a new channel called Apocalypse Organics, which is launching very soon, which is basically a middle-aged man having a midlife crisis turning from being a high-powered jet-setting CEO to suddenly becoming an orga- a, a celibate organic gardener. So if, if, if that's the kind of thing you're into, then check out that new channel. If you want to stay with us, the, the normal channel, we're still going to be ranting and doing cool shit. So that's what we're going to do now. So that's all about like the coronavirus as the pandemic that we're going to talk about, except to say that you should listen to the government in terms of the medical body and also look, and if your government's a bit dumb and a bit slow, like for example, the Australian and the American ones, and no offense to American and Australian people, I'm saying like the, the response has been slow and ham and not well rolled out in some places and other places have gone quick, lock everyone, let's fucking nail this thing. So I would say, watch what the most strict, watch what Switzerland or Sweden or one of those like very clean and organized countries is doing. And if your country is being a bit slack about it, do like the Swedes or the Swiss. I don't know if exactly if they're doing it right, but you can imagine they would do it right. Uh, wash hands, stay two meters away from everybody. That means no pickup, no approaching, no macking on chicks. That means actually even if you're separated from your partner, maybe not seeing them or that you have to quarantine. If you want it, you guys want to bang, then you have to stay in your bang quadrangle and then you can't go and kiss your grandmother and hang out with your friends because eventually it gets to someone's grandma and then they die. That's the, that's the whole big problem and some of us too. So that's all I've got to say in terms of health warnings. But what I think is kind of interesting to talk about is 
what is happening now and what is going to happen in terms of humanity because there's some there's some kind of interesting things going on and of course there's a lot of suffering going on and I don't want to like minimize that but there's going to be some interesting stuff in terms of like what does the individual do in this time when for one to two probably two is my guess months you will be separated from everyone except the people you have in your house now the first thing I think that's cool about that is that there's going to be some really interesting weird house groups like this one formed like you know housemates that were put together couples mixed with some granny that they were staying with for example John Keegan we'll, we'll do a podcast with him soon is in Miami at the moment and he he flew back from Thailand where he was with Shay landed in New York New York was fucking walking dead and so he decided to go to Miami he got himself a nice place in a hotel on the beach now the hotel has since closed except that it has a few condos or the top levels of condos and so it stays open full staff but empty hotel with Keegan and a bunch of odd characters who are in condos like what a great movie it writes itself John Keegan in Miami on South Beach everything's deserted except there's a few there's like one hot trophy wife by the beach and then a man with a monocle sitting over in the corner and then like some cholo gangster you know you can imagine it it writes itself so Mark my words, there will be a lot of interesting literature, a lot of terrible, terrible literature, and uh, some interesting movie ideas that will come out of this, and this will be an era that, that people will draw from as an artistic source in the next generation. Mark my words. Shay, what do you think is going to happen to people at large with that, with that dynamic in mind, keeping in mind that people are, many people, I don't know what the stats will be, but many are alone, or many are with a, a partner, which is interesting or in a family unit or in some weird two, three, four, five person random conglomerate. What do you, what, what do you think, like in terms of how that's gonna affect humans in general, what do you think is gonna happen? Uh, that's a tough question because obviously it's gonna depend on all everybody's individual conditions. Well, uh, would you say there'll be kind of patterns of people doing so, you know, there'll be certain outcomes that'll happen good and bad for people? Well, I would guess, you know, because like, just sort of tapping into what's going on, that most people are more uncertain about what to do next. You know what I mean? There's a lot of uh, a lot of unknowns going on, and people are looking for some sort of order and security about the future. So, I mean, I think in the short term, when people have got food in the cupboard and they don't really feel like they've got any major dramas, then they're probably just going to be uh, jacking off and playing video games a lot. That's the first stage. That's stage one. Jack off video game stage is first stage. It's still with his surplus energy. Everyone's in that right now. This is the smoke weed, jack off, you know, fucking, whoa, month off work, dude, kind of days. Yeah. But those won't last forever, I presume. I'm guessing not, yeah. And obviously, like, we're, we're tracking, well, I'm guessing, anyway, people, people would be, like, wanting to know what's kind of come next. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of people, like, looking for certainty, looking for security, looking for some kind of narrative that helps them to make sense of things. Do you, Do you think, think there'll, there'll be an uptick, uptick in like religious conversion? Potentially. There's probably be an uptick in... Uh, Especially tele, like digital tele-evangelists suddenly like, oh imagine that there's like a congregation of you know those mega churches but it's just everyone by themselves in their and then there's the pastor, oh praise Lord to me, everyone's in the, alone in their apartments, oh Lord. Maybe it's going to be an uprising uh, conspiracy theorists. Oh, we'll get onto the conspiracy theories. Don't you worry about that, conspiracy theory guys. Well, I've thought about this quite a bit in the last few days. Here's my, here's my predictions for relationships, right? Because think about this. Right now, every couple in the world is in, in one of three situations, maybe four. I haven't thought about it that far. One is they're separated and they can't see each other or, or like they're long distance, they can't separate, see each other. They're in the same city. Maybe they can see each other now, but soon they won't be able to probably or they'll have limited contact. Secondly, they're living together and they're stuck together, right? Thirdly, they're in some kind of wacky three-way thing going on on a polyamorous farm and one of them just decided that they identify as an antelope. That's another one. <laughs> or you're gonna have shitloads of single people either in a group, so people are gonna start fucking whoever's in their house. I won't. I won't. But you know, if there's any single couple, they're gonna there's gonna be some weird couples get together, you know, age difference, whatever's because they're just like, oh fuck it. Well that's the best, that's the only one on the island. And then you're gonna have lots of couples who can't see each other. And so they're gonna do a lot of digital fucking jerking off. There'll be a lot more of people's stuff getting leaked, way more nudes going out on the internet, mark my words. But after some time, it's gonna mean a lot of digital cheating 
Couples are going to break up en masse because they're separated for a long period and they won't be able to, you know, some will be like every day, like all that stuff and they'll get through, of course, and some that'll make it stronger, but mostly not. I think there'll be mass breakups. People that were stuck together for four to eight weeks with no, with, you know, okay, you live with your girlfriend, I've done that before, but have you spent every moment with her for four to eight weeks where you can't leave the house? And for many people that's inside an apartment, we can at least run out and scream in the fields. So that's going to mean that coming out of four to eight weeks that people, and there'll be a few murder suicides along the way, but coming out of eight weeks, again, there'll be a massive breakup because people just be sick the fuck of each other. Uh, and there'll be also a lot of babies that'll come out of this because people will get pregnant during this with people that they were like, eh, and that they shouldn't have. So there'll be, a, I think there'll be like a new baby boomer generation, the Corona boomer generation, I think will pop out of this, but there'll be a bunch of... Mm, people that shouldn't have been born because they were bred under circumstances where people didn't have any choice. <laughs> Those are my predictions. I haven't even smoked this yet. <laughs> All right. It's like um, the dating apocalypse apocalypse. Right. And yeah, I think everything will get shaken up socially. There'll be this massive sea change of every, like people who are tight will stay super tight and probably they'll get married and have kids out coming out of this. But a lot of them are going to get out of the bunker and go, okay, thank you very much. I mean, thank you very much. See you later. Which means, you know, good things for single dudes. All right, now let's talk about what are you going to do with this time? So right now, <laughs> right now everyone's doing whatever they're doing. I think most people haven't optimized their time yet. We've been doing some optimizing and I've been gardening and I've been looking after animals and doing lots of cool shit actually. But we've also been indulging in some laziness. Those guys play a lot of Starcraft. I've been smoking joints and just roll, walking around the fields thinking about things. Uh, you know, Shay's been playing fucking gun games uh, and so on, as well as doing our, our exercise and feeding ourselves. The question comes, firstly, what are, you, what are you doing now? And be honest with yourself, tracking it, and then how are you going to shift that into something else? So that's something you've talked about before. I remember on Last Warrior was tracking reality. And I guess it's like kind of down to that old, if you can measure it, you can manage it kind of thing. Um, do you want to talk about like four guys right now using this as a time to track their present realities, their previous realities, and then how they're going to start to make new ones? <clears throat> yeah, well, I guess uh, it's got to start somewhere, right? So you've got, you got to start looking at your reality and ask some fundamental questions that are going to give you a, a position to begin from. And that also is also dependent on your circumstances because it's very hard to make a plan if you don't know what your kind of conditions are. So I think that's that's one thing that's going to be difficult for people in this time is trying to work out like what how do you prioritize in a time of great fundamental uncertainty? Right. When when you don't when any of your plans can fall apart. It. Well, it's like if you've got your Maslow's hierarchy. You know, most people are familiar with that idea that you know on the bottom of your kind of imagine a pyramid, you've got to got your survival needs and you've got your emotional needs and kind of builds all the way up to the top of the pyramid, which is more your like your your selfish desires. Yeah, your self-actualization, your uh, your desire to, to be a, a whole and complete, you know, powerful build a, individual, build a Greek uh, which is an important thing actually. <clears throat> but nonetheless, if if uh, your pyramid of, of of needs is being challenged, or there's there's circumstances that are really making it difficult, then uh, then you've got to kind of look at well, how can you track your reality under those kinds of conditions? And uh, like I said, different circumstances are going to demand different kinds of responses. So, uh, you know, if you're fundamental shelter and food is under threat, then your priorities are going to be around like securing those things. So you're not going to be like reading self-help books and like learning how to be the world's next best seducer. Uh, It's going to be more about like, you know, getting rice. Yeah. How are you going to live for the next month, two months, three months? I think there's a lot of people who are probably asking those questions because there's not a lot of certainty about that. I think that uh, it's going to be an interesting blend of, of, of reality that we're going to be moving into in the sense that like obviously mindsets and having like a, a, a sense of resourcefulness, being able to move into the future is going to be a really important thing. But all that is also going to be very much underlined by, uh, you know, what's going on in people's circumstances and, and how they can kind of make sense of their world. True. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess maybe we should talk about that. Like if, if people are on the lower end of the Maslow's, like, I mean, do we, it's not really our place to kind of get into all the prepping stuff with them, I guess. But in terms of do people understand even what, what is at stake and what they need to prepare right now or, what, or what, what they need to do to make sure their base level needs are met? 
there is quite a lot of kind of misinformation and I guess denial, like people living in denial. Because this is a, like, I know people are dying and that sucks. Um, but this is a weird kind of apocalypse in the sense that it's invisible, doesn't, each, it doesn't seem like terrifying in and of itself. Like, you know, it's a flu that some, you know, okay, yes, old people die, but for a lot of people that doesn't feel like a reality. It's not like 13th century European bubonic plague where you had blistering boils that like exploded out of your fucking body as you were like drowned in like mucus, you know, <laughs> like, and at the same time you thought that it was God bringing down um, vengeance on you. So I think for a lot of people it's weird because it's like, it's real in the sense they have to stay home, but it's, it's more, it's in some ways like a cerebral apocalypse. Like it's something where the whole world has to pause, be alone with itself for a month or so. And there's very real things happening, right? So there's very, and, and like I know just down our, just down our kind of supply chain, my lawyer, our driver, you know, people who work in our, our industry doesn't exist anymore. You know, like there's so many people who've lost their livelihoods or, or massively had it taken out. And there's, I guess, a small group of people who are still out working, you know, in supermarkets, in hospitals. And those people are fucking heroes, actually, because they don't get any time off to think about, to sit at home and go, I'm lonely. What does it mean? What's my purpose? Why don't I have a community? They're like, oh, fucking all right. People buying 40,000 <laughs> bags of rice and toilet paper. And the medical staff, obviously, who are fucking heroes, who are, who are keeping the world from dying. But for everyone else... A lot of people, even if you're broke and lonely, it's like, it's this thing in your space, right? It's like, okay, now I have this time where the world just like presses pause. And now maybe that's the only time in our lives we'll have that. And certainly the only time in this generation. And it, I think that's interesting. And I think there's something really cool could come out of that on individual levels and, on, on, and in the way that people now link up and connect. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like I like to try and look at things as in there's an expanding spectrum of things that are happening on both ends. So on one side, you're going to have like positive potentials, and obviously there's a lot of hopeful uh, growth in in new innovations, and people can work together in new ways, and uh, you know we can find a way through this kind of situation. And I guess on the other side of it, it's going to be very interesting to see how it starts to pan out with the you know, with the, the financial system taking big hits and people not being able to have like a normal sense of reality in, in that. Uh, I mean, think about it, if your whole life was basically dependent on how society told you to live your life and then all of a sudden, you know, which is what we're going through in a short period of time, the roles and responsibilities that you thought were of, you know, almighty importance have very quickly become, you know, just fragments of a past that doesn't necessarily exist so much anymore. Fragments of a past that doesn't necessarily exist anymore. So, uh... That could be, you know, that's very disruptive to people's flow and 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 how they're going to understand themselves. But there, yeah, you know, hopefully, can be also like a lot of really positive developments as well. I mean, it sort of depends on on how it unfolds. I think we're going to see a mixture of like bumbling stupidity and great genius kind of coming together in different ways. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of like people not not uh, not let's say using their common sense very well. And uh, that could be, you know, an uncomfortable period of time for people to live through. I think there's like a lot of things at play, obviously, and it's going to be upsetting to people's realities and destabilizing them. I don't think it's going to start really hitting home until people's like, you know, their comforts and their securities are starting to be eroded in some ways. Which is interesting because unlike a war or some other calamity, or like a tornado or some other calamity, where instantly everyone has to, you know, your house is gone, right? Or it's flooded or something. And you have to change, you have to rebuild, everything has to go completely change to get back to comfort. Everyone's just sealed in their, okay, more or less comfortable cells, mm -hmm. right? So that can, and for many people that can, they could sit there for a long period, right? Into some like dystopian future pod world or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to play out so much. I think people are going to get pretty frustrated with being stuck inside in a short time. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to? What kind of people and what kind of, um, let's say, strategies or mindsets do you think are going to be the most useful coming out of this? Uh, that's a good question. Who do, who's going to come out on top? You mean, or like? Yeah, like like you think about it. Even though we took a fucking huge hit, right? Like our business tanked overnight. Considering the positions we were in, which was that we we're all scattered around the world, you know, in weird places that we were able to galvanize our team, our intel, our resources, and completely change the structure of a corporation. 
overnight, right? Now it's not a, we're not a, we don't have thousands of offices and we don't have factories and whatever else. But, but the funny thing about our business is that every business is, that has an office overseas is multinational, right? But it doesn't mean that every member of the team is multinational. And in TNL, every member of the team, right down to the PA, lives in multiple countries or like is constantly moving in this strange kaleidoscope around the world with, with coaches meeting and dispersing and back end in different teams or whatever. And we managed to sole that up and put it all into one spot and go lean super quick, right? Whereas obviously, and probably will survive, maybe with your help. Um, whereas a lot of other people were caught with their pants down completely. And so I'm not saying that we're, we're awesome or whatever, but it's that there are certain ways of thinking or flexibility that are going to mean that you have to have, because I think a lot of the old, the old thinking of post-World War II, thinking of everything's okay for generations, is still in the back of people's minds. To reflect on what you just said, I think there's a lot of people that are going to go through entitlement grief, you know? Totally. Yeah, they're going to go through a kind of a breakdown of what they expected. And a big, I guess a big thing is going to be a form of like cognitive dissonance. Like that's what we're seeing right now is cognitive dissonance arising inside of societies because people don't want to acknowledge that their fundamental belief systems are being challenged and eroded. So basic and probably just the consumerist beliefs. Well, that's it. I mean, like you, it, it's like your whole reality is invested in this whole structure, you know, and, uh, and if that structure is taken away or, or severely compromised, then Jake Paul has a tantrum. Yeah, that's right. There's what's people... Jake Paul doing right now? He's probably fine. He's in team 10 house. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, people, people are going to have to be, uh, attentive to their own kind of expectations as well. And maybe, maybe there's something that comes back to what you were asking before is like, what, what was it going to be the skills that are going to help people to move through this? Well, obviously things like resilience and like, and, uh, and awareness and, you know, having compassion, et cetera, but then also probably expectation management, you know, so being able to adjust expectations and, and I think, and, and a sense of self-reliance like, or, or community reliance, mm-hmm. like not realizing that the state or everything, you know, your, your job or your employer or everything else isn't going to protect you. In every, I'm sounding like, like a libertarian now. Aren't I? Listen, listen, what we all need to do is get AR-15s, go and get a cabin in the woods. Everyone has their own society. And what about schools and hospitals and police and sanitation and all that? We just have our own. That's right. You dig yourself a hole. Well, weirdly enough, we are doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. We're making our own libertarian. Well, it does make sense, and like, if you, whatever degree that you can be responsible for your own, uh, you know, needs and well-being, is the degree that you're not, you know, dependent on somebody else, right? That should be written in a in a founding document. That's right. That is the rule number one. Rule number one. Uh, rule, rule number two is have a good time half of the time. <laughs> Always be on time, except when you're not on time. But you don't have to be on time. That's, yeah. that, that's not part of the rules. Okay. the the expect uh, the entitlement management thing is interesting. Because our lifestyles have changed completely. Well, not mine so much because I'm often here doing this anyway, but everyone else, Alex's lifestyle's changed yeah. very much. We are apex level consumers. Like, we are, well, no, we're not apex. I met them. The, the guys that just, like, you know, wipe, wipe, their, wipe their mouth with an African village whilst they're, you know, jet skiing and getting blown by a porpoise and, you know, fucking everything they do, every breath they take just churns multiples many multiples of the resources of any of us, but we're still apex level in the sense that we order in Uber food once, twice a day. We're in Ubers all the time. We're just throwing shit out all the time. Any food that's left over is thrown in the bin, often in the fridge, to be honest. You know, someone's like, oh, is that food? Oh, it's from two days ago, oh, chuck it. Chuck it, it's like steak that we're like, chuck it. Now, we've gone to some pretty like nice, really Spartan existence where nothing's wasted. I mean, probably some stuff's wasted, but we're, well, we're still stuff. only seven days in, so how are we We're that? seven days in, we don't want to be too smug. That's but, right, let's but see. But it it's certainly let's changing see, the way we live. See right? how we talk in a month, yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, we still haven't really- In a seen. month, the recording's just like, it's like the windows are broken, the, <laughs> the wind's, wind's howling through here, and we've, we've just got like one little turnip here, and Shay's looking at it like, fuck, and I'm gonna take that turnip. Like, <laughs> right, okay. In that is like a good opportunity, I think. Like, I'm enjoying the fact that like I'm cooking, that uh, I'm doing simple stuff, you know, that I, I know we've got a, a lovely farm to do that on, so we get to go and play in the farm. But it's like, what are the things that you can do? Because most people can still leave the house, right? So they're allowed to go for a walk. I called my brother, he's in Scotland. He's doing exactly what he would normally do, which he's a, he's a low level 
consumer. He and his wife don't take flights. They, they're extremely environmentally conscious. And they have a great time all the time. And, that, and he was up on above Edinburgh upon this like huge cask, cast fucking plateau and they would just walk going for a walk and that's what they always do. But you know, they're always, they're always out appreciating nature but this is a, an amazing time because this is the only time in our life when nature gets a break. Not a total break, but there's way less cars, there's way less boats, there's way less fucking people just pumping out CO2. And so for the first time in our generation or, in, or in, since the industrial revolution, Nature has a little break. And if you can go for a walk, you'll see streams clear. You'll see animals you know, reappear. You'll see blossoms uh, appearing. And this does give you a chance to go back to the simple, simple things in life that are often the best. It's <laughs> <laughs> good grandma advice. That's good granny advice. It's like living a bit like your grandma. Don't throw everything out. My mum's just doing exactly what she'd be doing. She's like, oh, you know, I've just, you know, I'm just making chops and vegetables and uh, you know, looking after the garden. James, my last question yesterday is so if you ever wanna, we got some questions. Okay, hit us with some. Uh, All right, we got some questions from our readers that got sent in yesterday. Yeah, from the lockdown group. Oh, we mentioned the lockdown group. Okay. Before I do, this is a smoothie that Shay made. We all have jobs on the farm. One of the one of Shay's jobs is to make um, super juices. So, can you explain this concoction, please? Uh, what even is that? Is that? I don't even know what is that. Is sure that's my drink? Yeah, well, I added some stuff because it was a bit bitter. Uh, that's good. It's all about the sweet. <laughs> no, because Shay makes like the super base and then you add a banana and a bit of honey just to take the... But anyway, what's the base made of? I think that's actually black tea is the base and then it's got a bunch of uh, some nice medicinal mushrooms like uh, lion's mane mushroom and there's some... I don't know, it's like one of those uh, mixes of a few different powders. That one's an immunity mix. Uh, so there's some good stuff in there. Goji berries and fucking ground up fucking ants nests and that kind of stuff. All that good shit, you know, just mm. stick it all in there. That's good. All right, what were we talking about before? It's I got dates it? and honey oh, and... Oh, lockdown group. Yeah. Okay, so because we don't have a business anymore and we're trying to stay in touch with you guys, we're going to put out this kind of stuff. I won't, I'm only going to be high once, so enjoy it while you can. Uh, but what we are doing is we've created a Facebook group called the Lockdown Crew, which is uh, also our hip hop band's name. And uh, that's a place where we're inviting anyone and everyone to come in there and join to be part of our club. And we're going to be on there because we're going to live stream from dinner every night and, well, most nights, some nights, or when we're playing PlayStation or when we're digging a ditch or when we're doing whatever we're doing and we'll be in touch with you guys. So how do they do that, Alex? Click the link below, join the group, and we'll see you for dinner tomorrow. So Wolfgang, all right, question is asking James, mm. what's a good way of getting started with either portal style movement on your own while in lockdown? Oh, that's a good question. What is a good way? Well, YouTube, YouTube. go on YouTube <laughs> and watch Edo Portal. Just get on YouTube and type in Edo Portal, and then there you go. Well, actually, let's because Edo is like one of the founding fathers of movement culture which I don't think is the best name for it. I think they should have came up with a better name, but that's what they got. Uh, there's a bunch of teachers who do that. There's the Fighting Monkey crew. There's a whole bunch. Edo has acolytes everywhere around the world. If you look up lizard crawling, ancestral movement, animal movements, uh, movement culture stuff, there's, there's lots of cool stuff to get you started. Uh, and I'll show you some stuff on the lockdown crew. I'll, I showed these boys this morning before they went and did their Starcraft. We did a little bit of Edo and a little bit of Swimming Dragon and it was good. Or buy the Martial Meditation Method because I need the money and it's got all that shit in there anyway. Next. All right. Uh, Ned is asking how to avoid porn while on lockdown. Oh, I How to avoid porn? Why are you asking me that question? I'm Get a girlfriend. Porn. Have a girlfriend. And then there's no problem. You just got an actual pussy to stick your dick in. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, or what else? You have lots of good video games to play instead. <laughs> well, no, I guess I can say something because, look, I, I don't, the only porn I watch is my own, but I do watch it sometimes. And I haven't been watching it. I'm viewing this time as I'm a vocel, voluntary celibate, right? Right now, we're all going to be celibate if you, unless you've got, like Shay does, so poetically put. <laughs> Unless you have that, then what, is your, what are your choices? I'm actually not even chatting to girls because I know if I start chatting to girls, they're, gonna, they're horny, they're lonely, they're going to start sending me something and then I'm going to look at it and then I'm going to all horny and then I'm going to be thinking about it all fucking day. Basically, I get a boner in the morning, I ignore it. 
uh, and then I go out and do my stuff. And for now, I'm actually choosing to like lock down my, not lock it down, I'm just like, just ignoring my sexuality for some time. Because it might be eight weeks before I meet, see a girl again. That's a long time for me and for anyone, but it's a long time for me. And so I'm just going to view that as, all right, it's monk time. What can I do with that energy? Well, I can put it into all sorts of other things, pretty much anything else. And that will mean I'll be way more productive, actually, because I put a lot of energy into my sexuality. Those are my thoughts. I would say, yeah, go on a diet. Here's some, I also think, because everyone's going to be on their phones and watching more stuff, right? Everyone's going to be looking at screens more, even us, I guess. I would say if you can institute something where you don't look at a screen until 2 p.m., for example, or 4 p.m., or once in the morning, although you do once in the morning and then you get a little, but you know, you actually have digital diet time, then that can cut that out at least during daylight hours. And then, okay, I would start looking at scaling it back of, of getting something printed, like, like actually having a magazine instead to replace digital porn, watching erotic movies rather than lots and lots of images. And then really just looking at like I'm looking at it, but I'm in a different stage because I've got no regrets. I did everything I wanted to and now it's paused and I'll do everything I want to do later probably. For anyone who's like, fuck, I should have done stuff before. I think that's one good thing to take out of this is you get to look at this like virtual death or like a virtual you went to jail, right? Like the whole world got sent to jail for a couple of months and in, Imagine if you went to jail, you'd be looking back over your life and going, fuck, I should have done that. I should have married that girl. I should have told my boss to fuck off. I should have confronted my father. I should have, I should have done this stuff and now it's too late. For us, it's actually not too late. It's a cool way to look at it. Like how we went through a virtual reality death. We get to look back at what we regret and then we get to make sure that once the doors open again, that we don't fucking regret anything ever again because it may well, there may well be another epidemic down the line which is more like the bubonic plague and does have a pustules exploding and people turning feral and all that nasty shit. That's my thoughts on that. Uh, Johnny is asking, Johnny is asking, I already was in a drought. Went to the park last weekend and I made an approach. I still see cute girls outside my window every day walking their dogs or jogging. What are your thoughts on doing an approach now? Will approach change in the future? For example, you look at major cities in China and those people were wearing face masks before this on the account of they had several scares already, swine flu, SARS specifically. Do you think social norms change worldwide after this? So it's kind of two questions. Yeah. How will the world change and should I approach now? Okay. Two good questions. Let's deal with the approaching one first. For now, as I said first, safety is paramount. Safety is what matters first. For now, it's two meters plus away from any, any human and you can't go and interact with people you don't know really. And I don't know if you've noticed, but people aren't really interacting with each other. I've in the tiny little village that we have nearby, I, my taxi driver takes me, I sit in the back, he's got a mask, I've got a mask. I go in the supermarket, everyone's staying away from each other and no one's really even looking at each other. So it's not a friendly time and this is a friendly country. So I would say for a while, there's not much you can do. However, at some point, it's like, I guess in wartime, you know, people figured out ways to still have a life and communicate and, and have romances and so on. So there will be a lot of stuff happening online. I'm not a fan of online game, but the reality is online is going to be a thing. Getting your Instagram up, getting back in touch with guys and girls that you know, recreating networks, that kind of stuff will help. However, there will come a time when people start interacting with strangers again. And then there will be an opportunity for pickup of a type. You won't be able to probably meet the girl and have sex with her, but you'll be able to do fun, flirty stuff from two to three meters away and you'll be able to use that as an opener, right? So you'll be like, hey, I've, been, hey, I've got my antibody test and I'm, I'm cool, so I don't know about you, but let's have a conversation from over there. Okay, that's a pre-frame for the post-corona world. <laughs> so that kind of stuff, you know, I know that John Keegan's gonna be on his balcony calling down to the pool and saying, excuse me, excuse me, miss, hi there, listen, no, don't get any ideas, uh, don't get excited, but I'm gonna take your Instagram and then I'm gonna talk to you in about three and a half weeks, okay? That kind of stuff's gonna happen as well. So yes, you will be able to do that kind of cheeky two to three meter approach. Anything else is all gonna be online, I'm afraid. How do I think social norms will change? Short term, they'll change a bit, but not much. There'll be some countries where people now will be less likely to shake your hand, girls will be less likely to let you kiss them on the cheek, that kind of thing. But the reality is people are gonna to wanna to fuck, they already wanna fuck, 
and they're going to fuck. They are going to fuck. They're going to not give enough of a fuck to not fuck, I promise you. So as soon as they can, lovers will start hooking up. They'll say to each other, it'll be like, it'll be like herpes. It'll be like chlamydia. They'll be like, oh yeah, I got tested and they won't have gotten tested. That'll probably, that and many other things where people are a bit too social after the first lockdown will mean that there'll probably be a second outbreak. That's what I've been told by people who know things and that's my guess and I may be completely wrong. But, so there may be a, a thing where it opens up again, people are a bit too open and then uh, it locks down again and then after that people are much more paranoid. So yes, I think this will affect just, just the way how people, how close they get to you initially. It won't be, a, I don't imagine it's gonna mean that people take longer to trust and longer to fall in love and longer to wanna fuck and all that kind of stuff. It's more like though people will, will be more distant. It's just imagine that all the girls in the world are Russian suddenly. That's my guess. Just a little bit of that mixed with whatever nationality they have. And then once, you know, you'll go on a date, maybe you'll sit opposite, which I would never do before. I'll do a two, you know, I'll be a hello there, yes. And I'll have doing that kind of thing. Uh, and then after some time, you know, you'll ask about each other's tests and there'll probably be a, a, an easy to get test situation that happens sooner or later in the next three, six, eight months or whatever. People will take that, they'll realize they had it, they got the antibodies, you had it, you got the antibodies, let's fuck. That's what's gonna happen. So that pickup will, will survive. Day game will survive. Men and women wanting to fuck each other will carry on. And yes, they may wear more face masks. They may be more a bit weird about touching hands, but they won't be so weird about touching dicks into pussies as Shay says. That's right. It's all about dicks and pussies, isn't it, boys? So what else do we have to talk about? Sean, Shin is asking, for analytical guys who like to optimize things, how do you decide to settle down with a primary partner? With dating today, particularly online dating, if you have a decent profile, there are many options and there may be a tendency to wonder if the next woman will be better. I've seen some guys that are very skilled in seduction settle down with women that are attractive, perhaps not the most attractive, but have great personalities. This makes some sense since the physical characteristics are not permanent. Is it unrealistic to keep searching for the ideal or near ideal combination of physical appearance and personality? Thanks. All right, I'm going to hand that one over to Shay, I believe. So the question is around, but uh, it's basically the questions along the lines of like, should I, uh, well, let me, let me reframe that actually. The question is along the lines of like, guys who are good at getting women, should they be constantly striving for, you know, the perfect, the perfect woman or you know should they settle down with you know one that's good enough for example or like kind of the endless pursuit of the next hotter woman right so i think i mean there's obviously a danger in in being constantly chasing something that's unattainable uh, and i think in many ways that's kind of a side effect of our you know restricted desire-based culture you know so we live in a culture that loves the fact that we can constantly be you know moving to the next shiny object the next thing and i think there's quite a lot of uh people who are very very invested in that on an identity level so it's basically like their you know their their identity or their sense of self is only as accomplished as their ability to jump from one shiny thing to another kind of thing so and i'd say that's a big it's a big kind of uh you know, distraction game to a degree, but of course there's a, there's a reality of like, you know, you shouldn't just go with the first person that comes along that that's good enough. Um, yet at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily healthy to be constantly chasing like an, uh, an endless, an endless, uh, pursuit of, of the, the perfect woman. Uh, but it, yet again, comes back to an individual level, right? Like, so if you're a guy who's young or you've got a lot of time and you, you're, you like having experiences and you're in a phase where you want to be free and you can get away with it because that's how the circumstances are rolling your way, then awesome. Then that can really work for you. If you're somebody who's not. And just on yeah. that. And then you can do the other thing afterwards if you want. That's right. So, I mean, in some sense there's, there is a, there is a, a potential for fulfilling desire, right? So like if you fulfill your desire, then the benefit of fulfilling your desire is you get to find out what it was like to fulfill your desire. And there can be uh, a kind of a, a resolution to that desire in that sense, like in the sense that you have the experience. And then funnily enough, I mean, for guys out there who, who are good at going after their desires, oftentimes you find that the thing that you thought you wanted wasn't really what you thought it was when you get it. So, but you did have to get it in order to find that out. But you and did. you also did enjoy getting it. 
That's right. Well, so you hopefully have, you did. Well, you have to become the person that is the person that deserves the thing. And by the time you become the person that deserves the thing that you desired before that, you might be a different person. You may not wish for that thing, or you may wish for many more of that thing. Yeah, so on, on, it's, it is, a, it is a, in a, let's say, a not uncommon thing that, that, you know, by the time you achieve what you think you desire, then you, you actually have moved on to something else. You know, your desires have shifted, your values have shifted, you know, something circumstantial has shifted. So there's something to be aware of as well. And it's, it's part of the fundamental challenge of being a human is you do dealing with reality that's like a constantly shifting kind of thing so anyway in terms of like guys out there looking for a partnership that also depends on the individual if you've got a high yet again need and value for things like connection and love and like having relationship then probably you're not going to be able to be happy unless you have someone in your life on a significant level if you're somebody who doesn't give a shit about those things because you or have, give or can live without them for periods or because you have a higher value on things like whatever significance or you know contribution or something else that like it's just not to do with partnership and and relationship then you'll be most likely fulfilled with other pursuits, you know, depending on, on what's going on. So, you know, and I think that there's a lot of also benefit for people to, to spend time in relationships. Obviously, that needs to be calculated well, and it's all about like having some common sense. But I think one of the greatest ways that you develop common sense is you have real life experiences and you go through, you know, let's say the fires and the transformational things that happen when you're in uh, a screaming dish smashing hair pulling fuck you you slut you asshole all of that you need to go through <laughs> you that asshole. you asshole you you lapping asshole asshole cad bounder you <laughs> so yeah but i think that uh you know that kind of thing is uh once again depends on the people's ability to communicate right so i think it comes back to like how yet again with a lot of this shit like how, how well are you aligned with yourself because it doesn't I and mean, if you're not really I mean I know from my young days in relationships that I mean a lot of those relationships were doomed to fail because I wasn't in a position where I had the you know the self-acceptance or the self-worth or the self like freedom or the whatever it is that I needed to be able to like actually appreciate and enjoy those relationships on a fundamental level and I think it's obviously the same for for young women as well. I mean, they're striving for their, you know, freedom and identity and expression and all those kinds of things. And yet again, it depends on the circumstances. Like we, like right now, for example, we're going into a phase where people are going to be pretty quiet for a while. I mean, it's going to be a quiet scene for, you know, the coming months. Oh, but trust me, when it pops, everyone's going to... Well, there's the going to be creative... I think there'll quadruple. be creative ways that people get around it. I mean, I yeah. think obviously sex toy sales will go through the roof. Oh, and Japanese sex dolls. Porn, porn will be excellent. very popular and all the rest of it. And maybe there'll be like, you know, new opportunities for people to, to uh, do online things. But then again, this also depends very much on economics. If there's no money to go around because all the money's been so devalued that things are not working, then there's no money for cam girls or anything else Oh, there'll well, always so. be money for cam girls. Well, we That'll hope so. That'll be the last thing. Like, you've seen those, those movies when like, Berlin is falling the Soviets adjust at the door and then the, and then in the office officers hall the officers are all drinking schnapps and banging chicks and they're all like oh because that's what they're going to do at the end so the cam, cam girl yesterday she said tips are lowering actually oh tips are lowering for cam girls yeah. so mm. more people but less tips oh that's okay that's the same with us more people, less tips. No, what are we? Less people. We're just less, less of everything. <laughs> the cam girls are doing better than us. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I look at it like this. What Shade said is all, all correct, and I think that fits into actually a twenty-year timeline. So if we, if we, because that's I think the thing that people, people are dumb in the sense that they can't understand time at all. Uh, we're all like that. Like I'm look, I still think I'm twenty, and I'm not. <laughs> you know, like time just passes. And the truth is you've got from 20 to 40 or from if you're like one of those cool skater kids, 15 to something or, or you've got from 18 to 30 before you get someone pregnant. You know, you've got this block of time when you're an adult, you're a, a, an independent adult at, in, in your physical prime, in your earning prime, in your growth and development phase where you're going to change and grow into the person you're going to be post 40-ish. And the reality is that most people do eventually have children or do settle down into like a partnership with somebody for a long period of time, or they do that a couple of times. And I think these days you should plan for your second marriage. Keep that phrase in mind, plan for your second marriage. And you're like, what do you mean? What would that mean? If you knew you were gonna get married a second time, what would that mean to the first one? Think about that. Anyway, the point is you have that block of time 
And during that, you, you only have that, right? So you don't get another 20 years, like 40 to 60. Yeah, okay, maybe, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But really the 20 to 40 or 18 to 45 or ish, that block of time is when you're going to have the bulk of your romances, love affairs, sexual experiences and relationships. And then from 40 to 60, you're more likely to have longer term ones with one person. That's most likely to happen. Uh, and a lot of men do that much, much earlier. And in previous generations, you kind of had to. My, even up to my father's generation, but certainly my grandfather's, there was no question. If you wanted to get laid and move out of home, then you hooked up with the chick down the road. In my case, in my grandfather's case, he was an Aussie farmer. And then this hot Hungarian chick arrived who was like 16 from Hungary because she was a Jew and was about to get gassed. And then like he met her and then they hooked up at whenever she was 18 or something. So, because they wanted to get laid. So that's what happened. So you didn't really get much time, if any, to go out, sow your wild oats, explore the world, unless you're a sailor or something like that. But basically you had a few years, maybe you dated a girl, maybe you banged someone behind the chook shed once or, you know, and then you got in, you got a chick pregnant and then you got married and that was it more or less. Then the last generation, our parents, the boomers, was different. They had a longer period. They had love affairs. They moved in with their boyfriend. You know, my mother moved in with a boyfriend when she was 21, which was unheard of, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they had, you know, two, three relationships. And maybe they had 10 one night stands or maybe they were in, in a hippie commune and they banged everyone. Uh, but that, that changed. And then you have our generation, Gen Xs, Gen Millennials. Yeah, I'm part of it, all right? I had an 18 year old girl call me a boomer and I'm like, I'm Generation X as fuck. So then you have our generation where the possibility is actually different, where now the timeline is up to 40 plus for a man to, if he, if he looks at this as, as a trajectory of time, can navigate that and have all those things. Now, I'm not, I, I would say don't, don't try and avoid a messy relationship in your life. Don't try and avoid getting hurt or having your heart broken. Don't try and avoid being with somebody where you can see there's no future, but you really, really fucking want each other or really love each other, right? Shay and I have done those things with the relationships. We've been in something that for two years was amazing or something like that. And then, but you could see that the cracks were, were forming and we, wouldn't, we could not be together forever because one of us wanted to move overseas or something like that. And so that two or three years, you know, I think back when I was 23 to 20, 23 to 26, I was with a girl, right? And that was my, I was 23 to 26 year old guy. And I was with that girl and I loved her and she was hot and we fucked every day and we had interesting conversations and we learned lots of stuff. And then at the end, we both cheated on each other, were, were assholes to each other, hated each other and then separated, you know? And then that's, that's that part of my life. I'm like, yeah, that, I'm glad I spent those three years doing that. I would have done some things different, but I'm glad I did that. And then I was single for years and I went, I'm going to be single. And I went out, learned pick up, slept with the, the number of women that I thought would make me happy, which didn't, but it was, I'm glad I did. So you don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, moved into open relationships and then lived that and then got into another longer term relationship and lived that and had, so all, like when I think about it, all the years of my life, every one of them, I've been with either a woman I wanted to be with or with lots of women I wanted to be with, or sometimes I was alone if I wanted to be. And sometimes I had frustrating stuff along the way, trying to figure it out and, you know, things fall out. I wanted a girl and I didn't get her and I was alone for a while and didn't get laid for a bit. Well, that stuff happened in and amongst it. But I know that for the 20, 20 plus years, I've been living all of those experiences. So the question here is, what are you going to do with those 20-ish years? And I think that will start to answer some of these questions because the, the answer that you, the, the things you don't want is to spend six years in a relationship where the first one was pretty good and then the others, you really didn't like it and the last three, you hated it, right? Because you can't get that six years back. That's like one quarter of your dating time gone gone right and look at it and go okay don't fucking do that again you do that once in your life that's common a guy stays in a relationship two three four five years longer than he should comes out goes fuck i shouldn't have done that again doing it again you're now wasting your wasting chunks of your life so i like to look at it in those terms there is something awesome to be gained from monogamy from polyamory from being a single guy dating by having being a vo cell for a little while but there is nothing to be gained by being forced into any of those positions when you don't want to be and when they're wasting your life and time as an individual it comes down to what your priorities are and where you're at with yourself as well so i think the the biggest 
thing that uh, is really going to dictate your happiness and whether you're successful or not, whether it be in a relationship or out of a relationship, is is having a sense of uh, you know self worth and purpose inside your life as well. So something that once again it's hard to break down sometimes because there's so many parts of the puzzle that people often don't realize. But I mean, in my experience and observation, a huge part of this whole life game development including relationships is about being someone that really wants to have a full and fulfilling existence Mm. so and that might mean that at some point you fall in love or you don't necessarily have a big desire to to uh you know, to be chasing like the next hot thing, for example, to, so you might want to have some other kinds of life experiences that come from like more humanistic levels as opposed to more like, yeah, hedonistic maybe, you know, or or like I said, desire based things. And of course, that's not to say that that's all the whole, whole thing is about as well. But I think it's important to recognize that uh, there is a big trap in also just like chasing those things. Like you can easily have sex with a lot of women, but there's no real substance to any of that. Um, and you could have sex with 5,000 prostitutes and never have a connection, you know, like we've had clients, not 5,000, but who've slept (laughs) with only prostitutes or like a hundred. And yeah, it's a, what a strange thing, huh? Like that every person you're with that that, that there's this, cause I've had sex with a prostitute before and it's like, it's such a bizarre thing because you just like, neither of you are there. You're just, you know, these biological functions. It, I mean, a lot of sex is transactional, but it's more about like when she doesn't want it. It's not even that she does; she hates it. It's just like this is my job. Mm-hmm. I, as a, as a man, feel that instantly. Mm-hmm. You well, know, of course. I mean, that's. I mean, you could say that's transactional as opposed to interactional. Yeah. But of course, there's always transactions happening because yeah, there's pleasure being exchanged, etc. But I'm talking transactions like, you know, you're kind of objectifying each other for some kind of purpose. Which we we often, but I I think that because that's where I think like what's the difference between a sugar baby and a hooker, for example. Mm -hmm. If there's been an exchange of money, people would say, well, it's the same thing. It's not. If you know the sugar baby wants to fuck the man and is attracted to him and likes him, sure, that's the thing that turns it from prostitution into. I mean, technically still prostitution, but that's the thing that makes it a different thing. Well, that's her desire to interact as opposed to her desire to just 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 transact. She wishes to interact with your transactional wallet. Because yeah, exactly. Like I mean, if people are just stuck in transaction mode, which can be many different things as well. I mean, you've got to recognize that transaction is not just about monetary exchange. It's about you know, like egoic exchange of some kind, like getting things off each other so that they can feel good about themselves. Yeah, or so that they basically see it as a zero-sum thing in some way where it's like, I'm taking the thing that you have and I'll pay for it in whatever way I have to, but it's not, we're not both growing or, or you know, developing from this. It's not a shared joy. Mm-hmm. Which funnily enough relates to a lot of what nice guy stuff is about, really. I mean, it's... Well, in the sense that like nice guys are under the illusion that they're, that they want an interaction, but in reality, they're actually chasing transactions. Like it's like a transactional way of like trying to have interaction. So give an example of that. Like for example, a, a nice guy might say to himself, you know, I just really want a, a nice girlfriend or something because he wants to have this kind of romantic fantasy fulfilled. But in reality, when you really break down his behavior, you know, his, his way of interacting and communicating, he's coming from a place where, you know, he's basically just doing what he thinks he should do so that he can get what he wants. Right, which, and then which, make, which that creates the layer of subterfuge where it's like, I'm doing this for you, always for you, but it's like, I need the, can I get the thing that I want now? Yeah. As opposed to the more direct way of, which is also transactional, but it's a direct transaction. So I guess at the end of the day, what it comes down to for me anyway is, is and it's a big subject, but it comes down to like getting clear and honest with yourself about like where are you actually at on your path. And it can be really hard because if you don't have if you don't have a context for your own self-honesty, then you don't even stand a chance of ever learning to be self-honest. Say so, that again. so a context. So what I mean by that is like if, if, you're, if your whole, let's say the whole foundation of your life is right. to play a role that you've been told to play, whatever that is, you know, I'm the cool guy or I'm the guy who's a success or right. I'm the guy I'm who's- the friendly, nice guy. Uh, whatever it is, or I'm the guy that everybody loves. Or I'm, and this is the thing that people don't often understand. And it, it is a very big subject is that you know, we, like as humans, we can't help but try to make meaning and, and purpose out of our existence. 
So we're always looking for something to make sense of the world around us. But at the same time, because we're also typically very lazy, like lazy thinking, lazy logic, lazy like reality sense making. And by lazy, you don't mean like, oh, I'm choosing to be lazy. It's more like we tend to take the easier route if that, rather than like assess various options and think critically think through things. Yeah, it's like we, we have, like yet again, we have a lack of typical, typically, you know, we have a lack of rational, critical thinking. You know, we have a big missing link in our ability to look at reality, which is like we don't tend to generally, anyway, we don't tend to study like oncology. So it's like how, how ontology, not oncology, no, that's you have to do with your ass. I, ha- I mean, I study oncology of a sorts, but I mean, not everyone does. Yeah, because I, is, obviously there's a gap in I most people's knowledge, except for James. Such a big deal, yeah. Shay. Is that really the big issue? I so what I was <laughs> what I meant to say was ontology, right? So the oh. study, the study of like reality and how we work and how we. Ooh, you're into that, huh? Yeah, that's a real kink. That's the real okay. kinky shit. What's ontology? Well, ontology is a study of reality and how reality works, basically, and also how we interact with reality. So it, it becomes an interesting rabbit hole because because of the the lack of interest and desire to want to even understand how our realities even work, then the the, the trap is, and it's it's a very subtle trap, is that you don't even know that you can't even be honest about stuff. You know, you don't even know that you can trust yourself in the process. You don't even know that you have a like an orientation inside of reality in some way. Um, so you've got to break that down and start to look at it in terms of like what is really worth basing your foundations of reality on. And yet again, that's a, that's a big subject. That's a subject that's going to be difficult for a lot of people to even consider because it's going to challenge them to think outside the box. And honestly, yet again, it's a sort of a pessimistic thing, but I think most people just don't want to think. They don't want to think about themselves. They don't want to challenge their beliefs. They don't want to challenge their realities. That's one of the unique gifts that we actually have in this time is because whether we like it or not, it's kind of like a mass initiation and when I say initiation I mean like we're we're being forced to look at our relationship with ourselves and with reality right now Uh, because we can't necessarily you know because actually but that's the funny thing you can avoid it until you can't avoid it any longer it's you know like it is one of those weird things where people can stay in their house wipe their thing order their food in you know they're annoyed and they're and they get lonely and all those things pop off but they don't, but most people will just go deeper into the screen. Like, I think this will be a numbing for a lot of people because a lot of people are just going to go, fuck it, I've just got a bit of food and, you know, I'm bored and I got my cat, I'm just going to watch shit for the next two months. You know, I think that will happen, but there will also be a lot of people who will go mad and a lot of people, because with their entitlements, bubbles explode or super extroverted people who need contact who don't get it. And then there'll be a whole bunch of people who go way deeper uh, and pull something out of this because... I mean, those are the other options. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we still don't know the repercussions of what's going to be happening. Obviously, it's going to be different in different places. I mean, if you can't afford to pay your rent and then they're going to start kicking people out in the street, which might happen in some countries, then there's not going to be so many people pleasantly watching Netflix for two months. There's going to be people sleeping on the street because they've since had and their reality. And knocking on your door to see if you could hand over them a cup of Netflix. Yes, potentially. So, But there's, but there's also the, the other side of that where you know people can look at themselves and see what's going on but you know, I, I, and honestly i probably doubt that people are even going to do that because people just don't generally give a shit uh people like i said people are generally lazy unless they're forced to really look at themselves unless there there are a unique few and there i don't think they're a very large part of the, the population there are a unique few that are basically like you know skeptics and people that question things and people that critically think and they love to analyze oh and, yeah there's a lot of those guys out there <laughs> and uh like that's not necessarily always a bad thing, but it can be. That can go to an excess as well, and that could be a big problem because you get into analysis and analysis paralysis and all the rest of it. Yeah, I want to I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, conspiracy theorists after this. But one thing you said kind of drew my attention, which is okay that most people are lazy thinkers. Do you think that's something that's biological in the sense that? part of our wiring is that it's better to be a lazy thinker and just follow the loudest, strongest, nearest thing that is saying that the world is formed in this many days by this dude, this is the rules, do this, and then you'll get fed. That, that it's a biological thing and then that some people have an extra special gene that makes them go, hang on, man, I see through the fucking mainframe. Chemtrails, you know what those are for? And those guys really see the truth. Is that? Do you think those guys have got a special gene? or do you, I mean, do you think... The human race is kind of wired to blindly follow, even if the thing is totally illogical and fucking dumb, or do we think that uh, some other things? 
Well, you know, I think we're we're just smart, smart primate, social primates. Highly you know, intelligent animal. We say, you know, I think we have a, you know, human humans have a turd mentality. You know, we tend to like follow the path of least resistance for various reasons because of self-interest, because of ease, because of you know laziness. It makes you survive better. Well, potentially, you know, except when it doesn't. But then, right. so but basically, it, you follow the herd because the leader knows is it's better to be part of the group. And then when it does fucks up, well, the whole tribe gets. Well, I guess there's assimilated. there's there's ways of breaking down human behavior too, right? Like if you like if you get like a general group of humans, then you know some are going to be more curious and adventurous and like looking at the boundaries and pushing the limits. Some are going to be more conservative and insular and introverted, and they want to going to stay close to the center and like you know maintain the status quo. Also, that's I'm, I'm sure, of course, influenced by environment. Well, it's all about education. I mean, of course. I mean, if we if you live in a in a society or an environment that, like, say, prizes or champions like free thinking and and uh, you know the betterment of the individual, then that's going to be very different to, to being in a, a, an environment that's very hive minded and and it's all about the collective. However, it turns out that that, that second one is way better when infections hit. <laughs> we'll see. Have you seen what the Australians Australia? Wherever you are now, mate, wherever you're sitting out on your bar, on the back back porch having a barbie and going, fucking, this coronavirus, I reckon it's fucking not even that bad, eh? Because I was having a surf earlier and I was hucking, and I fucking hugged Damo and I didn't get it. For all the Australians out there who are still partying, go home. Go home, have a beer. All right, sorry. Well, give it a, give it a month and see what happens. You know? Yeah, let's see how they go then. I think let's wrap it up because dinner's probably ready. And it's nice that we have dinners all together these days. And what else have we got to say? Fucking, I don't know. Let's do another one of these soon. And what kind of guests do you want to have? Because we've just got six people here, but we also have the internet. So I can get Hayley Quinn on the line easy. I can get John Keegan. I can get Sasha Daygame. I got all sorts of weirdos that are are bored or like fucking need to rant. So let's do some intercontinental podcasts and, um, you know, keep the dialogue open. Join the lockdown crew. If you want to do Skype coaching with us, we're going cheap. 10% off all Skype coaching hours with all the coaches. All your favorite coaches are locked somewhere. So if you want to book in an hour with them, click the link below. Workshops are happening in August. Natural Warrior Training is happening. Just everyone use the power of the secret. Everyone put it on their vision board. Natural Warrior is happening. And if anything's happening, this will be happening because I just need to bring a bunch of dudes here who are healthy and make them super healthy and make them purge up their demons by squirting San Pedro psychedelic jizz out of their face and all sorts of other funny shit. So if you want to join that, put in a deposit. If it doesn't happen, I'll give you your fucking money back. Don't worry about it. Trust me. Uh, And the other thing is I'm going to be putting out my own online academy coming very soon. I haven't named it yet. I've been planning this for years and I kept putting it off because I had real workshops to do. Now I have none, so I'm gonna do it. It means weekly calls with me. It means access to my complete library of everything that I've ever done. Uh, And it means creating a strategy for you and your loved ones in the post-corona world. That means how are you gonna get rich, fucking have a good life and not live in any kind of regret the next time that we get locked at home because of a superbug. Thank you very much. This has been James Marshall and Shay Matthews. Rock out, gentlemen. Reporting on the 23rd, 24th of March, 2020 from Natropia. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.